Hey everyone, welcome to Emmanuel Fellowship's podcast. This is Pastor Trent, the founding pastor of Emmanuel Fellowship, a church in South Minneapolis that exists to serve our city and to live for God's glory. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We pray that this message encourages you to follow Jesus and to see his presence and power everywhere in your life. Hey church, Pastor Trent here, um, giving you an encouragement on the weekend of the 4th of July. And um, it's July in Minnesota, so um, that means I'm preaching in sandals and I'm preaching from my journal. And uh, many of you are enjoying time with friends and families, sometimes on vacation over the next several weeks. And um, for us as a church, what we'll be doing week by week in July and perhaps into early August is considering in a short reflection one of the very pieces of the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6. And so what I want to do is read the passage for you. We'll read it every week just to sort of soak in it as a church and grab hold of one of these metaphors, um, one of the pieces of armor that we need in order to wage a good fight um, in the spiritual realm, okay? Um, So here it is. This is Ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 10. It says, Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the evil and flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of, the, of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Let me pray and ask the Lord to give us some insight into the first few pictures of this armor. God, would you help us as a church to put on the full armor you've given us? All that's at our disposal as your followers, all that's at our disposal as those who put faith in you, received grace from Jesus, and are now filled with the very power that raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. I pray today that if um, someone doesn't know you, Jesus, in your grace, that they would see this armor and be compelled to put their faith in you. We need these tools to engage in the day-by-day battle that is our existence here in a world of conflict. And so give us hope, give us strength, and give us um, new insight to how we might put on this armor. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, as I um, said last week when we were in the park at Powderhorn, um, the surrounding events in our country should make it pretty clear that we live in a world of conflict. Creation is in conflict, but not the kind of conflict that most of us think of. You see, when we look at the conflicts within our culture and within our city, so many times we think it is an us versus them conflict. That's not the conflict. Many other times when we see the, the challenges in the world around us and the challenges in our individual lives before us, we think the battle is really us against the world. The challenges we face as an individual so that we could then overcome individually. But those two storylines, us against them, and that the battle is about me succeeding, those are schemes of the devil meant to sort of dissuade you from seeing the conflict for what it truly is, which is that there is a conflict in the spiritual realms, the heavenly places, as Ephesians 6 says, that bears out in the physical realm. Here is the great theme of this letter of the Ephesians, that no way has the spiritual been removed from our world. No way is there a glass ceiling in which the spiritual cannot penetrate into our existence, but the spiritual and the physical are united together in constant interaction. And if we had eyes to see it, then perhaps we would see the conflict. What Ephesians 6 is helping us see is that all of the motifs, all of the themes of, of God as warrior, God as victorious, God as the one who wins and triumphs over his enemies throughout the Bible, culminate in Jesus, our warrior king, who has won the battle, has defeated Satan, sin, and death, and has given that assurance of victory to us, his people, even though there are still skirmishes in our world. There is, as Ephesians says, the God of this age and spiritual powers that rule this present age and affect the realm in which we live. So the gospel, of course, is this brilliant good news, you can see the fireworks going on, message of not just the ruler Jesus, but also the realm, the kingdom which he has come to establish. And so listen, we will not as a church embrace the line that the devil made me do it for every simple thing that comes into your life, but you must open your eyes to see the spiritual world around you so that you can engage and put on the armor that God has given you in Christ. Okay, listen. If you don't see this conflict, you will never be able to stand in the midst of it. If you don't see the spiritual conflict, you will never be able to stand in the midst of it. You will constantly be taken by the schemes of the enemy, the subtle ones and the overt ones. You know, I, um, I've been doing a little bit of work on our basement um, we're seeking to remodel and finish part of the basement, and um, as a result, it's a mess. And sometimes, if I need to go down there because the laundry's still down there, um, I'll go down there, and the, the light at night is really dim. 
And <laughs> if I'm not careful, I'll kind of just sort of feel my way around. And I always end up stubbing my toe on something or like tripping. And I don't even know why I don't turn on all the lights. They're a little bit hard. There's pull chains here and there. Um, but one night I couldn't see very well and I stepped on a staple in the bottom of my foot. And, and, and it occurred to me that so many of us are walking around in the basements of our lives with little light because we don't have the light of the gospel on to be able to see the conflict and be able to fight well. If you don't see, you'll never be able to stand. And that's exactly what this passage tells us. Why do we need to stand in spiritual battle? Well, standing, of course, is the posture of victory. Standing is the posture of confidence. And that is what Paul is saying. We should not be overconfident, but we should be confident because Jesus has won the battle and we are to therefore stand in the midst of the fight, standing our ground with the very armor that God has given to us in Jesus. The reality is when it comes to spiritual conflict in our world is that we can't run. We can't run because it doesn't come in predictable waves or with a very apparent assault. It comes with deception from this side and that side, from the back and from the front. The God of this age has influenced the culture all around us, has influenced our own temptations and our own flesh. And so what we need is eyes to see and faith to stand. We can't even fight on our own. We can't fight with our own strength. We are to fight, of course, with the strength and the might that God supplies. One of the reasons we can't run and one of the reasons why this um, conflict is so challenging is because there is a real and present enemy of the people of God. He has control over the powers, the structures, the systems within our world. There is a very credible truth to the fact that Jesus, when tempted, was offered a real opportunity by the devil to rule the kingdoms of this world. Satan was not lying. He had power over those places and he was offering it to Jesus. We do face a very significant foe. But we can stand in the power of God and in the armor of God, not on our own strength. But if you do the study and reflection on this passage, it is clear that this is none other than the very armor of God throughout the Old Testament, taken up by God, the divine warrior, and then given to his people, set apart for his purposes. So, why do we stand in spiritual battle? Because, one, Paul exhorts us to, to stand with confidence, to stand assured of victory in the end, and to stand because we have all of the armor and the arsenal that we need to survive. Why do we need the belt of truth? This is the first piece of armor that we are to put on. It says here in verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened the breastplate of truth 
and having put on, having put on, fastened on the belt of truth. This, the belt of truth, is essential to all the rest of the armor. I mean, what does a belt do in your own experience? Well, it holds pants up. And similarly for armor, it was the piece that held together the suit of armor. And without truth, everything would fall apart or fall off. And so crucial to fighting is truth. And this is a point that Paul has labored throughout the letter to the Ephesians, that we need truth, not falsehood. And that the gospel is the truth. And that Jesus himself is the way and the truth and the life. Like a belt, the, like a belt, truth upholds us and holds together our armor. I um, don't know about you, but for my neighborhood, um, the WhatsApp has become sort of the source of truth for all that's going on in our neighborhood. Perhaps this is the way that your block or community has approached some of the last month or so, that there is a need for constant vigilance and constant observation and that the entirety of the community should be informed when things are going on. And so, of course, somebody spots something and then texts the chat and then tells of what they see. But of course, when they do that, then the rest of the group has to decide, is this really a threat to our community or is this just somebody taking out the trash? Or is this somebody that we're concerned about who's driving by? Or is there somebody who's not in our neighborhood that we don't want in our neighborhood that we need to be aware and look at the license plate? All, like, it just goes down and down and down. But, but there was a hilarious example in the course of the last month. It was right after, right after the death of George Floyd where one neighborhood in our city the, the, the WhatsApp chap for the neighborhood reported that the Nicomas Library was on fire. And of course, immediately someone else popped onto the chat saying, yes, the library is on fire. I can see the flames are going up. And, and then finally another person said, oh my gosh, the library is on fire. What are we going to do? And then finally, a neighbor who lives next to the library came onto the chat and said, no, the library is just fine. But I did see that one of my neighbors is having a fire pit in their front yard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like talk about the, the dilemma of a community trying to keep itself safe and, and reporting while on edge. But, but, but do you see here? Without the truth, all falls apart. Without the truth, whether the library's on fire or not, the whole community could fall into despair and into anxiety. Similarly, when there is a spiritual enemy and attack, truth is of the utmost importance. Truth about the situation, honesty about what's going on, the facts of the matter are important. And for us who live in an age of opinion, and with the, with the proclivity to polarization. Truth, the facts, are essential. But of course, not just any truth. 
but the truths of the gospel are essential. They anchor us in the reality of redemption and in the story that God loves us, that he sent his son to die for us, that he has adopted us by grace into his family, that, that he has brought new life into our souls and given his spirit to live in our very core of being. The truths of the gospel are what anchor you and hold together all the rest of the armor for the battle that we must face and we must wage. One of the things that you need to do in order to wage a good fight against spiritual attack and against your own temptations is you must learn to replace lies with truth. You must learn to replace lies with truth. Because if you begin to fasten lies around your waist to uphold the armor and everything else that's needed, you will surely succumb to the enemy. But if you, through the help of community and through prayerful reflection, can begin to spot the lies that you are prone to believe and replace them with the truth of the gospel, you will be able to withstand the evil day and you will begin to shine light towards all those around you. So the belt of truth encourages us to remember the truths of the, the gospel constantly, to be clear about what is true in our circumstances and to begin to replace lies with truth. This is a work that we must give ourselves to on our own. It's a work that we must give ourselves to in dependence upon God's Spirit. And it's a work that we need the people of God to help us with. And so my prayer for you this week is that the Holy Spirit would bring to mind when you're believing half-truths, lies, and so that you might replace them with truth. We do have an enemy who is called in the scriptures the father of lies, who is good at deception, and who would love nothing more than for you to embrace a partial truth that leads you astray. That's how we got into the whole mess of sin in the first place. A partial truth leading Adam and Eve astray to rebel against the goodness of God. The goodness of God that's provided an armor for us for the present day until the day of victory when Christ returns and establishes his kingdom in full. So may you wear the belt of truth this week and be encouraged that the Lord is with you, the battle is the Lord's, and the victory has been won in Christ. Jesus, would you help us to see lies and to replace them with truth? Would you help us to know and understand the gospel and all of its multifaceted truth and beauty so that we could Embrace it more deeply, live more freely, and fight more confidently, standing in the evil day that we face, knowing that the day of victory is coming. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen.